Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Everybody, welcome back to another episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas, the podcast, where we mostly talk about horror movies with a splash of video games, television, comic books, and beer. I am Carlos Rivera. My partner, the child's to my McCready, Adam Griffin, as always, follows on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handles in the show notes, and the show at It's Them Damn, and on Instagram at It's Them Damn Enchiladas Podcast. Adam, what up? Well, uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's another wonderful day here, and we get to start. This is a, this is a this is a first for us. We get to start with some breaking news that broke earlier this evening. Yeah, like actual breaking news. Yes. The, the, like, oh fuck, do it. Breaking news. So it was uh, the news broke on Twitter from Scott Derrickson himself that he was leaving. Uh, Doctor Strange and uh, the Multiverse of Madness, or whatever the title is, Madness in the Multiverse, um, Doctor Strange 2, he's leaving the project. Uh, it's parting with Marvel due to that pesky thing called creative differences. Uh, so he's no longer directing what was purported to be uh, the MCU's first horror movie. So, uh, makes me wonder you know what happened because creative differences could be anything and he's his name's still on the picture as an executive producer so it was whatever took place was amicable from what i can assume because you know you figure if he didn't want to be involved he would either alan smithy it or just completely drop out so um the internet has already started doing his thing uh, you know blame marvel of course I don't know what to make of the news because you know, it's not. I'm not involved with the project, so I can't really say much except gotta wait and see what the actual movie is. And uh, conjecture does nobody any good at this point. Well, conjecture helps everybody at this point because if we didn't have conjecture, we would have half our episodes, or I and I wouldn't have anything to talk about because I am Mr. Conjecture. Um, well, well, we did get news that uh, Jane Haley, uh, Halle Bartlett, is doing the script. Um, but now I guess Jane Haley Bartlett is doing it all by uh, by herself. Because <laughs> he's, he's out. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, you know, I, I don't... It's, you know, this happens a lot with, with projects of any sort. It's just, uh, you know, it, it gets a bigger profile when it's something Disney-related. We saw it once before uh, with Solo... And then previously with Ant-Man, so I mean, this, this stuff happens. Listen, how many how many directors do we have on our floor? <laughs> Several, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's again, it's it's kind of don't know. You, you honestly don't know. What if we get somebody that's more into the horror? Well, see, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, what does 
Okay, what? Okay, the phrase MCU's first horror movie. What does that mean? You know, scary stuff. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know. Right? Yeah. Like, like, what? What does that honestly mean? Yeah. Dark. Uh, yeah. Like, we don't know. Yeah. We don't. We I don't know Thor what. It, I thought Thor two was a horror movie, but then I realized that that wasn't meant to be. Yes, and Thor two was also redeemed by uh, Avengers Endgame. So hey, anything's possible. But. True. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it sucks just because you know I was looking forward to the take, but then again, you know, I don't know what the end result is going to look like what the phrasing the MCU's first horror movie what is that visually honestly we don't know there's no clue to what that means we we don't know what Disney wants that to mean you know Uh, and again we have to make 2021 to figure out what it is (laughs) yeah so you know I mean Gotta gotta wait and see what this stuff. I just I just wonder, I just wonder do, do people get tired <laughs> of just flying off when news like this hits? No, because <laughs> I'm tired. No, <laughs> and I'm trying to keep an even keel about it. <laughs> like I said, I'll forget about it in about two weeks, and then I'm like, oh, oh, he's directing this movie. I didn't know that, and they're like, oh wait, that's right, he wasn't supposed to direct this movie. Yeah, eh, eh. Listen, throughout the history of the MCU, Kevin Feige's found a way to make things work. So I'm, I'm sure that he will find uh, a suitable replacement. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not worried about the product. I'm just worried. I'm, just, I'm just wondering why everybody's worried. <laughs> like we don't know. There is no clue whatsoever. Because people like to worry. I don't. <laughs> But you do. You I worry don't. about why people worry about other things. This is true. So how? I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a dog in you. Bye, wow, wow, you pee, you All right. So. Do you know who's so, not directing it? John Carpenter. Yep. Because uh, that would be. Wow, that would be awesome. Well, it would be uh, awesome. Uh, because I do think that uh, just the phrase, you know. Madness in the Multiverse. I should probably look up the actual framing of the subtitle of the movie. I, I got you. I got you. I keep saying it. I got you. Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. Now that fits right in line with uh, what we're going to be talking about today, which is John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy. It is a uh, thematic trilogy based around three films. That's The Thing from 1982. Prince of Darkness from 1987 and In the Mouth of Madness from 1995. So, where to begin? Um, as part of the course for us, I think we can just dive right in wherever we want because um, these are all very similar films as far as theme goes. Uh, what the Apocalypse Trilogy kind of summarizes is the idea of humanity coming up against this ultimate intruding unknown, whether it's uh, cosmic horror, uh, a breaking of reality, or something 
uh, completely alien in origin uh, that wants them to assimilate to whatever uh, the opposition is. Um, and I think like with every kind of thematic trilogy, there's three different parts to it. Uh, first, kind of uh, exemplified in the thing is the presentation of the actual material, that initial exposure to it, which just happens to be humanity versus this alien presence that wants to assimilate it. Second part, characterized in Prince of Darkness, is kind of a deeper look into the opposing forces that make up this conflict. Uh, so you have the group of humanity versus its direct opposite in reality, uh, as represented by the the anti-god in Prince of Darkness. And the third part is when the uh, mission statement, if you will, of the themes presented in the trilogy completely come to a head and you get the ultimate summation of man versus this breaking shift in reality, which quite literally happens in End of Mouth of Madness. So, uh, with that kind of laid out in front of us, what kind of jumps out at you first when thinking about these three movies? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Adam. I thought you would never ask. <laughs> now, I'm usually your jokester of this podcast. I am the less serious. Um, I take a lighter look at things. But I let's—I see these three films as utter paranoia and destruction. Now, when I say destruction, I talk about the thing with the destruction of the self. Um, Prince of Darkness, the destruction of God and religion. And Into the Mouth of Madness as the destruction of reality. Now, that's as deep as I'm going to get about this. <laughs> Looking back at it, I've always thought that thing was my favorite. But then I rewatched it. Then I rewatched it again. I think I've now watched each film at least nine times in my lifetime. And... I actually, I actually think my favorite now has to be uh, Prince of Darkness. Okay. Because it ties the, like we said, the supernatural with the with the history. So it's more like a little history lesson with uh, with the religious undertones, especially with our homeboy Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Playing that creepy old priest. Instead of playing creepy old Loomis, and uh, yeah, it's 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 they're fantastic movies, but when you actually take a deeper look at the the underlying concepts behind it, well, you could I could sit here for hours, 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 <laughs> and if anybody out there is uh, having a beer while listening to this podcast. You probably can go on for hours too, just thinking about the the, the different things going on in all three movies. And I did not make thing. That was no pun intended. Um, I think Prince of Darkness has so many cool ideas on it. Like just just 
okay, just sentient liquid that represents corporal embodiment of this 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 anti god. Not necessarily Satan, but something much worse. Presented as such. But if it's scientific in origin, then it's much worse. Uh-huh. And that's just cool as shit. <laughs> so, like I mean, it's, just, it's, just, it's like slime. It's like a green slime liquid. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? What's John doing with this? What's John C doing right here with this? Not John C, the John Carpenter. <laughs> well, we could, we wouldn't be able to see what John Cena was doing. But. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there's so much cool stuff in this film, like. Like the, the the dream sequences, which are categorized as like tachyon transmissions um, from 1999, of course, because everything that took place from the future was 1999, back in the 80s. Uh-huh. So so that's always a nice touch. Um, you have another presentation of uh, John Carpenter's idea of a siege movie. He you know he revisits this, this siege. Uh, set up time and time again but this time they're in a dilapidated church sentiment I guess would be the best way to put it I mean it's just a, I guess it's just a, it's just an abandoned church I don't, yeah. call it, I don't think tenement works with church no but yet you know with my anti-religious views you can call it whatever the hell you want you got this um, you got a congregation of uh, uh, zombified homeless people for the most part uh, well, Al Cooper's the leader, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you get uh, he and he actually he uh, they recreate his uh, impaling uh, Mike Sand trick that he used to do on tour on film with the kill in the, in the alleyway, that first kill. That's cool. That that's a slice of the '80s right there. Um, you got the dude getting stabbed with scissors and shit long before uh, us. And then he comes back as a pile of beetles. Uh-huh. There's so much good stuff in the film. And the end sequence alone. Man, what? Like, there's just... Freaking Loomis. <laughs> Throwing a goddamn axe at the mirror. Shattering the whole... Portal between... The evil and the good... Yeah, but it, it doesn't help because it, the the transmissions are still going, so they're never going to quite catch up to the time period. Such a good movie. It is. It is. It it it, it overtook the thing out of the three for me, mm-hmm. which was hard because you know the thing has McCready. Yeah, well. I think I think out of all three, you know, the thing is the most straightforward. You know, it's just just a straight line of paranoia all the way through. And it was it was funny that you said, well, not funny, but interesting in the sense that it leads to something else when you said that the thing kind of represents uh, destruction itself, because there's a lot that's been said about the ending of the movie, which, and you guys know by now that we spoil the hell out of everything on this show. So here they come. First off, <laughs> first off, before you do this, this is a remake yeah so 
if you don't know about any version of the thing, there's three now. There's there's three, right? One, two, three. Yeah, there's three. There's three. No. We're not getting spoilers. No. Screw no. you because if you haven't watched any of the three. I wouldn't say screw you. No, I, 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 I would just say, you know, just you know, take some time you, for yourself. You don't have to say it. And, and, I say it because I say things out of, out of context and... and without thinking about it so it's fine don't worry about it yeah but I, I would like to i would like to alleviate the pressure that the listener might now be feeling due to be just being told to screw themselves because they haven't seen the film so if you haven't seen the thing and you want to alleviate some of this cultural pressure on you for not seeing a movie from 1982 i understand Watch uh, it. uh take some time take it Watch for yourself it. And, and see some groovy special effects and, uh, really good special effects. And then uh, Kurt Russell doing his thing, and Keith David being awesome. Yes. And uh, you see how they, uh, well, hopefully, like you've stopped listening right now because I'm about to spoil the ending. But you see that they're the last two left. And a lot's been made about this ending over time. So I will, I will, before I, I get into it, I will ask a question. And it's not the usual question. Oh, 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 oh. The question is, oh. is the thing present at the end of the film? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Facts. Scientific facts that's still around. Okay. Well, when Wilford Brimley, before his diabetes kicked in, uh-huh. all right, was on that computer, yeah. and he was doing his calculations. Seventy-five percent right. probability that someone was infected with it. Okay. Uh, is the thing present in frame at the end of the film? Yes. Okay. Here's another one. Uh-oh. Is the is the thing present more than once at the end of the film i think so okay i think the thing is present twice Mm -hmm. dos veces as we say and that they're not aware that the other is also the thing that's right so they're just living stupid little confused lives until we pan out and then they overtake the world well, oh, see, no, maybe, not, maybe not. Well, see, I dig. Okay, I understand that the the film as it stands is is meant to end ambiguously. That's that's what Carpenter intends. He knows that there's an answer. He just won't tell anybody. Uh, Keith David has said many times that he is not the thing at the end of the film. However, um key thing to remember is that in a performance you never tell people the entire trick so um, my thought is that going back to the idea of destruction itself is that wherever the, the title the titular thing is at the end of the film it is so committed to the idea of assimilating whatever is before it that it has finally gotten it right and has become its subject so well that the, the blood trick does not work. And they actually, there's, there's a good gag there when they do that, that blood test. 
because the fake hand shows up before it actually fires. Huh. So, uh, it, the thing has done its job so well that uh, it's a completely assimilated host, possibly many more times uh, than previously detected. And now we're down to two iterations of it that have committed so well to the process that neither one will break and both would rather destroy themselves than to continue on their usual process. Yep. Deep cuts. This is what we do. We are available Deep for work and hire. Yes, we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you know what else happens in the thing? Besides Fox from the Warriors being in it. My homie, Spider my man, is the whole concept of the alien presence in Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And they bring up the chariots of the gods. Yes. Where he, and I quote, they taught the Inca all they knew. Mm hmm. I am an ancient alien fanatic. I'm the walking meme. Aliens. <laughs> In Prince of Darkness, while they are, while Mona Lisa is translating the text, once again she brings up that the darkness was an alien force. That right. Jesus... Jesus was an alien life form. So I am putting this out there, Adam. Okay. Putting this out there, because I think part three doesn't actually, well, the third movie doesn't really lend me any credence to this. So I, I'll, I'll ignore it for my, for my purposes. Okay. This is John Carpenter's homage to the ancient alien community. Your thoughts? I can see that, and I will, I, will, I, will, I will go one more here. What's the definition of an alien? Well, an, a foreign being. Right. Exactly. I'm not sure that's the exact. Well, exact. well it's pretty that's, good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I will actually pull it up. Hold on. Give me a second. We're gonna let, we're gonna make computers do their job by giving us information, uh, the correct information that we can use. <laughs> in a discussion that will not belittle or hurt or demean anyone it can offer more to the textual meaning in a conversation and it's giving me alien the movie <laughs> rather than the actual definition of alien well there's, which there, there's <laughs> you have different you know you have different meanings you know you have coming from another world as yes. an extraterrestrial or belonging to another place or thing. That's right. But yeah. we'll go with that one. Right. Yeah. So basically, it is a fancy way of saying something that is from an unknown origin. Yep. Isn't that all life is? Absolutely. Dealing with something else from an unknown origin. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. And then... And then what happens? Humans screw it up by not learning 
and just trying to fight and hurt people. No, man. It was the old man, <laughs> the old man from Big Trouble in Little China. He messed up everything. <laughs> He's what messed it up in Prison Darkness. Wanting to know too much. What was this? Barack? Baku? What was his name? I thought they said Barack Obama. I was like, man, that's not Barack Obama. Barack. B-I-R-A-C. Okay. Close enough. Yes. But think about it. Aliens. Ancient aliens. Because they said the thing was stuck in that... Was stuck in the ice for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. So that's before man. That's... That's before man. Right. The slime that was in Prison Darkness, they said it was there for millions of years. Yeah. Millions. And then they started talking about the future, sending the, 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 the messages backwards. And then I was like, oh man, Adam's going to start thinking about the time heist again. Because he's on this time heist kick for like the last year and a half. Well, okay. Uh, now we got to fill people in. Um, the reason why I'm on this time heist kick is because Avengers Endgame did the concept of a time heist so well is that we're going to be seeing uh, various takes on this time heist for the next two to three years in other forms of media. So that's why I always call time heist whenever time heist shows up because <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yes. Now, take it a step further. In Endgame, who was stuck in the loop in the time heist scenario? Who was stuck in the loop? Two aliens were. Oh, can you can you name, please? Well, actually, if you go by the MCUs, it'd be three. But um, Loki went on his own time heist. Mm -hmm. We'll see on Disney Plus. Yes. Uh, Nebula. Mm -hmm jumps through and Gamora also does some shifting as well so Loki right Loki a yep. god mm -hmm. a god yes stuck in a time loop came back in time that is ancient aliens in a nutshell I'm gonna make this the ancient aliens episode well okay all right, before you do, you know what I feel like right now? What's that? You remember in, uh, in Black Dynamite where they break down and they call it malt liquor? Yep. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Man, you guys ain't had no waffles like these. These waffles are so good. They like they come from down south. These buttery motherfuckers are melting your mouth, man. You ain't had no Wait! Go on, what did you just say? You said, melt in your mouth. Quick. All right, I mean, well, hey, what else melts call, in your mouth? call it what it is. <laughs> this is also a Black Dynamite tribute episode. Um, <laughs> it's all going down now. We, we completely just busted this thing wide open. I don't even got no charts. I don't got no, no, no strings going anywhere. But nope. I'm completely in a... Uh, truly wondering who is Pepe Silvia. They're on to me, dude. Those guys are sharp as nails up there. You can't put anything past them. Oh my god, dude. I'm freaking out. I am so stressed out. I feel like I'm having a panic attack. You want to talk about stress? You want to talk about stress? Okay? I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? 
the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this. Jesus Christ, Charlie. That right there is the mail. Now, let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail's getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look in the mail, well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia! So I say to myself, I gotta find this guy. I gotta go up to his office. I gotta put his mail in the guy's goddamn hands. Otherwise, he's never gonna get it. He's gonna keep coming back down here. So I go up to Pepe's office, and what do I find out, Mac? What do I find out? There is no Pepe Sylvia. The man does not exist, okay? So I decided, oh, wow. shit, buddy. I gotta go a little deeper. There's no Pepe Sylvia. It doesn't even work here. There is no Pepe. Pepe. Um, Kaiser Sose? I got a pencil. I got Loki over here. I got lions going this way. Okay. I got this universe. I got John Carpenter over here. I got Giorgio Sokolakilis, the ancient alien guy over here. And it works. If you put them all together, it's a pentagram. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. That's, that's why Prince of Darkness is my favorite of the three movies. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. I hope everybody can follow along because I won't be able to remember a bit of this until I hear it back. So. <laughs> I already forgot what I said. So. <laughs> All I know is that Donald Pleasance is poking around in a church cellar. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a trivia episode to whatever we get on rants and just black out and completely forget what we say. What? Oh my god, Walter. <laughs> Walter from Prince of Darkness. <laughs> uh, he's so bad. He's like awful. He's like the asshole I am when I try to be an asshole. Which just, is not that often. Well, you just t you just tell everybody what you plan to do while you're doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mona Lisa, you look kind of Asian. What the? <laughs> you you know, just because you're Asian, you can't be just going around saying stuff like that. As much as we say this stuff is a uh, is a product of its time, stupidity on film is timeless. And <laughs> as great of an actor as Dennis Dunn is, that character. Is the fucking worst <laughs> on purpose, and he, and he survives. Yeah, well, that's 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 humanity for you. That's why I know this is fake. <laughs> that's why I know we're stuck. That's why I know we're stuck in a time loop. <laughs> and then, and then, since we're all calling about time loops, I didn't appreciate Into the Mouth of Madness as much the first couple times I've seen it. Uh -huh. or, or seen it than when I played Alan Wake for the first time. Yep. Now, Alan Wake also happens to be the game that killed my original Xbox 360. Adam, do you remember that? I remember that. I remember that. Yes. I put that disc into that 360 that and all of a sudden that 360 <laughs> sounded like it was about to take off. Red Ring of Horror. I was like, no! I only killed my fucking 360. Yep. But when I'm playing Alan Wake, I was like, why does this seem so familiar? Like, why does this seem so familiar? I was like, into the mouth of madness. Such a, it was a tribute. In all, Alan Wake was a tribute to Into the Mouth of Madness, and I hadn't seen it. 
I had not seen that uh, correlation before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Into the Mouth of Madness. Uh, really, like, if you're going to do a story that in which reality completely breaks, uh, Into the Mouth of Madness is a perfect example of it. Through and through. Um, it's, it's always great to see Sam Neill in a horror role, and damn it, he's so good in this movie. Oh, he's really good. He's uh, so good. But it's weird to be, like, I think, like, okay, if, so breaking down, you know, back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, how each movie in the trilogy stands for something, and how the last movie in a trilogy or series usually, completely just kicks the door in and says, fuck it, this is, everything we've been talking about is coming to summation right here. Uh, once the, I mean, this is like, just the presentation of the movie itself is like, is it's like John Carpenter's version of an event film, almost. You know what I'm saying? That old school New Line Cinema logo floats in, and then the music kicks in, and you see the press, and the book going to press, and you got the guitars raring. It's so damn good. It's like, damn. You know, if, if, if everything had broken wide open for John Carpenter, the film really would have been something back in the 90s. Like, if he'd had that big jump to big budget and stayed there, holy shit. Because that opening is so damn good. And you got Charlton Heston in the movie. Yep. Got a little, you know, got a little pizzazz, little name recognition in here. The ending. So, uh, Styles? Oh, so I said Styles, huh? It's like, wait, what? She wasn't real? Like, God <laughs> Damn, she wasn't real. I was like, no, she's in the book. Of course she's in the book. Ah, God damn it. Oh, my head was effed. I just watched it again, and it still, like, confuses me. That's what makes it a great film. Yeah. Yeah, anytime the, 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 the so-called, the twists, the little narrative, narrative dips continue to just have an effect after you've seen a movie several times, so damn good. Um, so here's here's my connection to the other two movies, and it's very superficial. It's very lame, and it probably doesn't even hold up because well, John Carpenter didn't write this movie. Uh, Michael DeLuca, longtime New Line executive, wrote this one, and uh, Carpenter picked it up to direct. But there is a key line that. Sutter Kane says and he says you know did you know my favorite color is blue and uh, you start seeing various characters that are that really lose their shit have blue eyes okay let's keep this in mind let's go back to uh, Prince of Darkness uh-huh. what character has blue eyes um what character has blue eyes um what's her name um, no, no, her name. Come on, there's too many women who just don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Captain Danforth, played by Lisa Blount. Yeah, her. The main character, yes. The main character. Uh, so let's jump back to the thing. What character has blue eyes? Oh, I see what you did here. I see what you did here. I'm colorblind, you know this. I know. Okay, McCrady. 
we've, we've discussed the fact I'm covered by the tweet. The blues and greens. You like, keep asking me what it was. I'm sorry. I, I, it slipped, it slipped my mind. I'm not mean. I just don't think of all the particulars when I, when I get on to something. So, uh, what if, now thematically, since since we're all we're all all three films operate in the same same uh, creative space as far as they're a product of John Carpenter's filmography. What if thematically the Apocalypse trilogy is just one complete work by Sutter Kane? What? No. 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 I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Or <laughs> or it is something written by Sutter Kane, right? Yeah. From the future. Yep. And these are all transmissions. And he's an alien who's come back to show them what's gonna happen. Perfect. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. I co-signed that. Okay. Okay. All right. We got somewhere. We, we broke some new ground today. Hey, man. This is what we try to do every week. <laughs> but, like, I really think that the one way uh, the, the movie could have capitalized, if they had, like, a line of Sutter Kane books... That came out alongside the movie because we're right in, uh, right at the tail end of the big horror boom, spinning out of the '80s, uh, just before the big leisure crash, about five years later. That would have been so awesome if they'd had this tie-in line of books that were Sutter Kane novels, and you just start seeing them in the wild <clears throat> at bookstores or like at on the on the spinner rack at. at grocery store some shit like that and next thing you know like you have like this whole fictional universe had been built out just out of one movie that would have been so cool I can see it though that would have been rad I mean there's still time yeah somebody can do it I, I yeah. hope <laughs> Then we can talk about it and we can go on our little rants. Crazy little rants. They're not crazy per they're se. Not, they're, not, they're not crazy. Just so they can just go places that you don't intend. Yeah, it might be a little convoluted. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a little, little flimsy here and there, but but all in all in good fun. Not flimsy. That's a little. That's a little that, well, I'm just talking about my stuff. I know. You're A-list. You're <laughs> I think uh, yours, yours hold a little bit more weight than mine. Except for the ancient alien theory, which is absolutely well, cool. I mean, you, you, gotta, you gotta lean into that. Yeah, once, once, once he threw that out there, I was like, oh, <laughs> it is on hopping. I don't know what's going on here. This means, this means ancient aliens, and I can do the meme. <laughs> Damn, because aliens. It's masterful, masterful. But no, these three films. I watched them. I can watch all three in a row. Mm -hmm. It's one of the few 
uh, trilogies that can actually sit down and watch all three in a row without being bothered by it. Right. Or, or annoyed or because they're too long. Nope, they're perfect lengths. Um, and they leave you wanting more, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I, I don't know. Actually, the thing I think ends perfectly, I don't want anything else after it. Right. Uh, Into the Mouth of Madness, I definitely want more. Yeah, I, w- I would like to see how that goes down elsewhere. You know, how that... What happens to other characters that might be going through the same stuff at the same time? DJ Bless. <laughs> That's a great name, too. Yeah. DJ Bless. On the ones and twos. <laughs> Hit it! Let's see. What else here? Um, If you could... If you could add a film after 1995 and extend this series of uh, thematically apocalyptic movies. Oh, man. Um, I think you should go first. Uh, Jordan Peele's Us. Huh. Hmm. Okay. I can see that. Yep. It's apocalyptic destruction via hands across America. Hmm. Damn, that's a good one. Huh. All right, I'm going to need you to keep talking because I don't want to know where. <laughs> uh, what else? What some, else would I? Some, some dead. Some what, dead else, there. what else would I add here? That was a, my main one. Um. Hmm. Uh, you know what? Also, uh, Thirteen monkeys. Okay, yeah, definitely. That was made after ninety-five, right? Yeah, yeah, it was ninety-six. Okay, or twelve monkeys. What is it? Thirteen 12, monkeys. Twelve monkeys. Twelve monkeys. Twelve monkeys. Um, what else? Uh, Event Horizon. Okay. Just you know, it's it's apocalyptic, but it just takes place in the future. Now, now I'm drawing a blank. I have my, I have my good two. And that's oh, about it. Yeah, I had twelve monkeys, and I messed <laughs> up, and I messed it up the first time. <laughs> Gosh, dang it! Um, oh, you know what? You know what? Uh, and this is far out there. Okay. Donnie Darko. I can see it. No, it works. It works. Because that that film itself, yeah, is a fucking mind trip. Yeah, and I, I I will go I will go one step further, and I will say Southland Tales. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, is there any any other any others we can jump into here? Um, no, I think I think I'm I'm drawing a complete blank now. Well, no, because anything else starts getting into post-apocalyptic stuff right you know, like the book of Eli yeah um the road right yeah stuff like yeah. that but that's not really yeah, it's definitely definitely on another another vein another <laughs> lane than a <laughs> Cloverfield Lane oh yeah definitely that would that would that would work yeah cause that's that's really messed up uh, yeah. uh, could could the could the mist work in this scenario? 
Mm, no, because it was an adaptation of of a, of a Stephen King. I don't care. Okay, I'm putting, I'm putting it in. <laughs> well, I guess it can work then if you don't care. <laughs> that just settles that. Then why? why I, I forgot. I forgot. I could just say that. Yeah, I'm putting it in because I want to. Yeah, just put it right on there. <laughs> That's that's when you know things have to go. Yeah, I think I think that'll that'll do it for this episode. But um, before we get down to the usual way we send people off around here, I would like to remind everyone that we do have a voicemail. Uh, so if you have any questions for the show, uh, you can give us a call at four four three nine zero six zero zero four zero. That's four four three nine zero six zero zero four zero. Uh, ask us any questions uh, you want uh, just remember the rules very simple don't be trifling uh, just try to have fun um, yeah, let's see uh, for any other good tidbits podcast wise uh, you can always check out Strength Check they're at Twitter over at Strength Check also Untenure Tracks at Untenure Tracks I believe for some great podcasting on that end by our good friend Andrew Wilsack, Doctor. Doctor Andrew Wilsack. Doctor Mister. Doctor Mister. But uh you guys do that. And uh we'll be here. And with that, this has been another episode of It's No Damn Enchiladas the Podcast. Show notes have all of our social media info. We got Twitter, we got iTunes, we got Spotify, we got Discord, we got Tumblr. Please feel free to leave us a review or tell your friends about us, because every little bit of buzz helps us grow. As always, podcast producer Foot Stars, Mark Warren, has been responsible for making us sound oh so spectacular. So thank you for all you do, Mark. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. Uh, next episode, we are going to be diving right into the Conjuring in- universe. That's like <clears throat> nine or ten films. Something crazy uh-huh. like that. I have no idea how far we'll get, but we're going to go a long, long way in that universe. So until then, please have fun. Watch horror movies and remember to always drink responsibly and hydrate, 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 hydrate. Uh, Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. Temperature up all over the camp. Won't last long, though. Neither will we. How will we make it? <laughs> <laughs>
Maybe we should. If you're worried about me. If we've got any surprises for each other. I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Why don't we just wait here for a little while, see what happens. <laughs> 